So, did you watch it? I did. I watched both of it. So, I watched both of it also. Yay. I think we're going to talk about it. Okay. So, we're not going to do a food heist or a bad story idea or anything. We are going to no. launch right Straight into it. Straight in. We're going to be like topical. We, just like J.R.R. Tolkien himself, are going to get right down to business. <laughs> yes, exactly. None of this peripheral nonsense. None of this peripheral nonsense. So first we're going to have a birthday party. And then yes. we might have a meal. Then a song. First we have to write the 3,000-year backstory of this episode. That's right. And then, then, then we're going to get Then around. we will grudgingly write a story in that universe. Yeah. yeah. But only so. as a showcase for the language we're going to use. <laughs> yeah, so we did an episode... Mm-hmm. Looking forward to Rings of Power, yes. based purely on the trailers. Yep. Now the first two episodes are out, yep. and for some weird reason, we are on time and topical. We're going to talk about them. Man, I hope this does not start something with us where we're actually topical. Like if this, we start being yeah. useful and interesting. Now, just pretend this is an outlier. We yeah. just happen to be fantasy nerds, mm-hmm. and it's... You know, just the biggest fantasy television show of our lifetime. Yeah. If yeah. if you want this to feel like a more authentic, intentionally blank episode, mm-hmm. watch it four months from now. <laughs> um, or in the case of uh, Jane Austen uh, adaptations, <laughs> four or five years from now. Several years from now. Um, so, what'd you think? I loved it, actually. Wow. I liked it a lot. We're going to be a very controversial podcast because... I kind of liked it. Well, okay. Uh, and I think that that's not the prevailing opinion among fantasy nerds. I don't know. It is so hard to tell in modern internet anything. Yes. Does everyone hate something? Or is it just like some trolls on Twitter and Reddit that hate something? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't call them all trolls, but there are certainly a lot of trolls. Yeah. Like, it was review-bombed pretty heavily, which is a, a mm-hmm. troll action, right? Yeah. I certainly don't blame Tolkien superfans who are more hesitant about the show than I am because, yeah. as we said on the last episode, I am a fan of Tolkien, but not a super fan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did go back and kind of brush up on my Tolkien lore just a little bit by watching... CGP Grey's excellent video. Okay. Four minutes that teach you the backstory of Lord of the Rings. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's now seven, eight years old now. But he smartly updated the thumbnails to show Rings of Power. And like, it's pretty amusing. But that's awesome. They're both very good. There's a four minute one talking about who the wizards are and who all the ancient god Mm -hmm. people. I was going to try and say some of the The names. The Sari and the Maiar and the Valar and Mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. So I am not completely boneheaded on that, but I'm mostly boneheaded on it. See, and I think that you might be Mm -hmm. in the exact sweet spot of nerdery to love this show. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know anything about Middle Earth, I worry that you will be very lost in that first episode. Whereas the people who know everything are going to find a ton of weird little inconsistencies and in some cases, very glaring departures. But so I will say I didn't love it. Yes. So my response was the first episode I was still kind of out on because I think the show starts poorly. It does. I don't think they made good decisions for their opening scenes. And I'm sure we'll talk Uh, about that. The whole first episode, Mm -hmm. they spend so much time setting up their characters. 
that they forgot they also needed a story. Right. And, and I do think the first episode is, is kind of boring for that. And then the second episode, I just really dug. Almost every part of it, I was very into. Yeah. Particularly Elrond, who I was coming to this kind of skeptical on Elrond. I'm like, uh, you know, can you do... Can you do Elrond right? I really love him from the movies yeah. and the books. And I really liked the second episode with Elrond. You know, Elrond was absolutely the litmus test of episode mm -hmm. two for me. Because yeah. I did not like him at all after episode one. Mm. Were I to enumerate my specific grievances with episode one, Ooh. Elrond and his casting mm -hmm. and his performance would be a big part of it. Interesting. I was convinced that they had picked the wrong guy, that he looked wrong, that he looked goofy. Mm -hmm. that they were choosing more based on forehead than based on acting talent. But episode two, he gets a lot of scenes mm -hmm. and he kind of won me over. What I love, and I think my favorite thing in both of these episodes is this idea that an elf who thinks he's a good friend cannot understand mm -hmm. the important moments for someone of another race yeah. that to an elf... You know, 20 years is nothing. Mm -hmm. And it being a legit flaw, like presented as one, is really well done. And yeah. it kind of shows, like in all the other places, we're like, oh, those darn elves and things like that. It's the sort of fantasy racism that you expect to get in this sort of story. Mm -hmm. That moment kind of puts you in the shoes of people who have to deal with elves. Yeah. Who just don't get it. And I thought it was brilliant. Wonderful scene. I agree. And I think that that is so emblematic mm -hmm. of maybe what the series is going to focus on. Yeah. And so if you are coming to this expecting the movies mm -hmm. where it is nonstop big epic stuff and battles and things, mm -hmm. and then you end up with a weird kind of down-home dinner scene with Elrond and Durin and his yes. wife and his kids. Mm-hmm. It's not what I think a lot of people were expecting or wanted the show to be. Right. And I think that might be why some people are reacting so strongly against it. But I agree with you. That ended up being one of my very favorite parts of the second episode. Right. If you want to level up as a writer, first level up is show, don't tell. And mm -hmm. they've done that, you know, with the, oh, those showing that people don't like the elves. Yeah. A level beyond that is putting you in the shoes. It's kind of like feel, don't show. Let us feel what it is to be oppressed by the elves and that even innocently oppressed by the elves. Yeah. That's just another level of writing. So. Yeah. Now, and I am not yet convinced that Elrond sold me on fully realizing and right. apologizing for having well, done that. That's the thing. You know? He, what I like. Yeah. He's a politician. That's what they established mm -hmm. in episode one. Yes. He's a politician. He's as good a politician as you perhaps can get. You know, he's a little smarmy, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't show up to see his friend until he wants something. And then he expertly manipulates his friend mm -hmm. to achieve what he wanted to achieve, which is very political. Yeah. And I think it leaves him as a little less sympathetic, but way more interesting. I agree. Now, as much as I like that mm -hmm. moment and that aspect yeah. of the elves not understanding the passage of time. Yes. There was one aspect of that that I completely missed, mm. but somebody on Twitter, Kevin Mack, pointed this out to me. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. When Celebrimbor and Elrond yes. are walking up to the gates of Moria, mm -hmm. 
Celebrimbor says that he respects dwarven craftsmanship because they treat stone the way someone would treat an aging parent. Yes. That is 100% the wrong metaphor for an elf to use. Yes. Especially given the huge plot point they're about to dive into. Yes. And so that's a, a sign, I think, of just how hard it can be as a writer to get out of our own mm -hmm. cultural background and immerse ourselves in a fantasy one. And little errors like that slip yeah. through all the time. Yeah, they do. We did a revision of The Way of Kings for the mm -hmm. 10th anniversary. And we look back and so many of my metaphors were bad because they're metaphors to things that don't exist on Roshar, right? But <laughs> yeah. you're used to writing them. You're used to comparing something to, you know, feathers, right? Mm -hmm. Where people who live in Roshar, most of them are not going to use feathers as a comparison. Even if they've seen a bird, yeah. it's not going to be the first thing that enters their mind. And I was so used to that. I've gotten better over the years, but having Peter come and say, look at all these metaphors from book one. We're like, <laughs> so I totally, yeah, I, I totally I empathize. Totally understand mm -hmm. how that happened. And, you know, probably even right now, there's mm -hmm. someone in the writer's room kicking themselves like, how did we miss such a big, obvious thing? Yeah. It's so easy to miss that kind of stuff. But that same scene mm -hmm. for other reasons was actually my one major problem with episode two. Really? Which is, you know, the map pans up from uh -huh. Linden to Moria. Yep. And then the next scene is just Celebrimbor and Elrond just by themselves. Hiking along. Yeah. Ambling along. Yeah. And that's not very elf. No, it's not very elf-like. Like, at mm -hmm. least show them on horses. Yeah. Like, have 40 attendants. Yeah. Who are why is there not a huge group traveling yeah. with them? Mm -hmm. The one thing this show is consistently failing for me is... I don't get a good sense of geography or travel. Which like, is such a big part of the yeah, stories, yeah. There was a, a bit in the first episode when they went down to show Arendir and mm -hmm. Bronwyn the first time and pans over the map and eventually just kind of like faded to black because they're like, yeah, down here south somewhere. Yeah. There was no clear sense of where they were. I never get a good sense of where all the characters are in relationship to each other, which is so weird given mm -hmm. how good of a job Tolkien did with that and how many maps we have, et cetera, et cetera. I will give props to them. I l really like the effect, the transition effect, where they go to the map and then they transition out. Almost mm -hmm. always there's a feature on the map that transitions into the actual feature. Yeah. And I think that that looked really slick. But I agree with you. I'm mm -hmm. not knowing where all of these people are. Like even the prologue with Galadriel and then we hop to Galadriel being back and we're like, how much time has passed? Yeah. How far away was this? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, so do we want to talk general problems with it and general things we like, or do we want to go by storyline? Because we've, let's, uh, we've let's talked Let's go by storyline, I think, is maybe the way to, because that is how we, we've handled Elrond yeah. so far. All right. So I'm going to say my least favorite part of the show, hands down, is Galadriel. <laughs> I actually like Galadriel a lot, but mm. I'm not enjoying her story at all. So I'll, I'll say why. I think the casting and the acting is good. Mm -hmm. I have kind of two main issues here, and they might be the same as yours. The first is I am worried that Galadriel does not have flaws in the mm. same way that I want her to. Now, yeah. it depends on where we go. So there's two ways that this could go. We have our opening prologue, and it shows, to me, Galadriel's a terrible leader. 
right? Just yeah. absolutely awful. Yeah. That she is bad at leading people. She is bad at getting what she wants. She is kind of frothing at the mouth to do this thing. And then we find out she was right. Mm-hmm. Now, this can go one of two ways. One way can be, look, you were right, but it's a coincidence. You need to learn to be a good leader. Otherwise, this is going to destroy us. Yeah. Or it can go the way of, oh, Galadriel was right all along. We should have listened to her. She doesn't need to learn anything because she's had reinforced to her that she was right. Because mm-hmm. she was, in my opinion, hands down wrong. That's just bad she, leadership. She was right about the uh, yeah. existence of the shadow and the return yes. of the orcs mm-hmm. and of Sauron and all of that. But the way she handled it was bad. Mm-hmm. She has won no allies. Mm-hmm. She has actively harmed her own followers. Yeah. Like Gilgalad sending her off mm-hmm. to Valinor just to get her out of his hair yeah. was one of the only parts of her story that I thought worked mm-hmm. because he's like, yeah. Uh, you, you get to go to heaven. Congratulations. Leave me out of this. And then in the second episode, it feels like she's treading water <laughs> and not accomplishing very much. It's like we need some action because Elrond's going to be talking to dwarves and hobbits that aren't hobbits are going to be you know, hanging out with a weird guy. And the other ones are going to be on the trail of some action. But we need a sea monster in here. And mm-hmm. it felt kind of shoehorned into me, just narratively. Granted, she does meet this guy that... Meets a dude. Halbrand. Um, yes. Is that Sauron? Is that Sauron? Yeah. I don't Sauron. think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Who can be Sauron? Because it has to be one of the new characters. And Halbrand is not in the lore. Yes. He does not exist. But it has to be one of the new characters. And so it can't be, unless they're really stretching, Celebrimbor, is that how you say his name? Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor. It can't be him unless it's like Sauron in disguise. And we'll find the actual Celebrimbor in a chest in like Mad-Eye Moody's dorm room (laughs) later on. It can't really be that. That would just not work in the narrative. And so either we haven't met him yet. Mm -hmm. It is random dude in the ocean who's like, hmm, if I save this elf woman, then maybe that'll ingratiate me to them and I can get accomplished what I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Or it has to be like, they're not going to make it elf tracker dude or Bronwyn, right? No. Do you think the stranger from the sky is going to end up as Sauron? I think the stranger from the, the sky is our red herring. It's like a double red herring. Mm-hmm. They appear, everyone's like, oh, he's a wizard. And they're like, oh, we're going to make you think he's not a wizard by him killing some fireflies. You think he's a wizard now? And be like, oh. I know very yeah. little about the lore, but I know that they all trusted him. And I think that the stranger, they're obviously wanting it to be a red herring. I think the stranger has to be one of the wizards like everyone assumes, yeah. right? <sighs> I don't know. I'm so torn. If the stranger is Gandalf, mm-hmm. I'm going to th- Throw a chair. See, why is everyone so mad about that? Because he has to be in the story because he gets one of the rings, right? Yes. I mean, you're you, right. You know from the title of the series, Gandalf is in it. Yes. I don't know why mm-hmm. the stranger as Gandalf bothers me so much. You're not the only one. Almost yeah. everyone I've talked to has been like, it can't be Gandalf. It can't be Gandalf. Well, and the thing is, they are going out of their way to make it look like it's Gandalf. They are, but they're also going out of their way a little bit to make it seem like Saruman, who mm-hmm. is the master of like the musical magic and things like yeah. that. I only know this because... I watched YouTube you watch videos. that video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like mm-hmm. his hair, the gray thing he's wearing, oh, whispering to even a bug. the very specific hand yeah. movements of whispering to the bug. But then when all the fireflies died, frankly, yeah. 
All the fireflies dying was maybe my favorite moment of that episode. You are so messed up. <laughs> because that's when I'm like, oh, they're doing something much more interesting right. than I thought they were doing. That is right. That is nice, I suppose. Because if it was just you are so weird. Gandalf comes down and he whispers to some fireflies and we all roll our eyes and have to wait three more episodes before it gets confirmed, yeah. that would drive me crazy. But uh-huh. learning that the magic this guy used mm-hmm. ends up killing the fireflies, yeah. suddenly that deepens it, it complicates it, it so, adds a moral element to it. I guessed Saruman after episode one because it would be okay. an interesting sort of poetic tension with the viewer mm-hmm. who knows Saruman goes bad, but in this, he would have been a heroic, powerful figure. During this era, he is, you know, he's yeah. the leader of the wizards for a reason. Yeah. And so it would have created some nice, you know, dramatic mm-hmm. irony, so to speak. So that's what I guessed. But I know Gandalf has to be in the show. He has because to show up eventually. They're going to forge these rings and give them to people. And I don't know my Tolkien lore well enough to know. Isn't Gandalf like the original holder of the ring? It's not like it gives uh, well, to someone it's, and then... it's the, the yeah. three elven rings. Three he has one rings. of those. Yeah. So he can't be the original. It has to go to an elf first. Does it? I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're all Though elven off rings. off the top of my head... Well, three rings for Elven Lords under the sky. Yeah, but that right? is, uh, according to CG Brigade's video, okay. that's actually not accurate, even in the lore. Oh, that... They make them all for elves, and then they end oh, okay. up getting given to other and then people. They disseminate yeah. them yeah. out. Sauron okay. gives them to other people, but so, they're all forged for the elves, by the elves. Um, the elves aren't being like, oh, we're going to make rings that are really powerful and give them to men. They're like, <laughs> we're going to make a whole bunch of like, cool rings for ourselves. It. and that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Um in the Stranger is Gandalf column, yes. he ends up with the Ring of Fire, and all the spells we see him using in the books are fire, mm-hmm. and they have surrounded him with fire imagery. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the Stranger is Sauron mm-hmm. column, they went out of their way to make that crater look like a giant eye. They did. That at the end of the first episode, when all the fires go out, mm-hmm. when he's talking to Nori, yeah. and then come happens- back on- that was rad. When he speaks, mm-hmm. and their magic is based on song. They sang the world into existence mm-hmm. and things like that. And so yeah. I think that's a cool thing. I don't know if I said Saruman. I meant Saruman. In yeah. the, where's the stranger is Saruman? Stranger is Saruman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Saruman is the leader of the wizards and the leader of the White Council. So mm-hmm. in that sense, even Galadriel is like subordinate to him. Yeah. The first of the wizards to come to Middle-earth would presumably be Saruman for that reason, right? Maybe. But this, We don't know our lore. I don't know the yeah. lore well enough. I know there's like Palando and Alatar, like the blue mm-hmm. wizards. Yep. It might be one of them just to screw with be. us. Yeah, it could be just like, to screw who knows? with us. But, I mean, it could be Radagast, and they could be like, we're going to redeem Radagast. <laughs> let's, let's try to make Radagast not suck. Yeah. Yeah, forget those Hobbit movies. Here is him being cool. But, so that's where I am right now, is mm-hmm. I am in... You think it's going to be Saruman? Guy in the Ocean. Guy in the Ocean is Sauron. Is Sauron, and Saruman is Stranger with a asterisk of, it probably has to be Gandalf. Because... <laughs> because but, we know that Gandalf has to show but up. But before, I think I said it last episode, I think you keep Gandalf as like your gun on the mantle. If your ratings start to slide, then you're like... Guess what? Gandalf's in here. Uh, The other major and arguably the much bigger tick in the Stranger is Gandalf Mm -hmm. column is that Gandalf is the only person, not just of the wizards, but of anyone 
who knows about and respects and loves the hobbits. Yes. And so Nori, mm-hmm. being the one who first finds him and trains yeah. him and teaches him, yeah. fits that lore pretty well. All right, let's then... But let's, I, let's get back to Galadriel. Galadriel. I think Hallbrand, random, you know, fancy mm-hmm. dude in the ocean, my suspicion is that he is just a dude. I okay. think he is yeah. a man. He's uh, a way from, for her to come to respect yeah. men a little bit so that, yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to make landfall down in Umbar or yeah. something, mm-hmm. and she's going to do some stuff down there. And yeah, that's kind of who I think. But okay. but then who's Sauron? I, I don't know. Maybe, so Sauron hasn't shown up yet. Maybe there's not a Sauron yet. The okay. thing is, they, they've talked about Sauron, so we know he's there. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to come back, he's going to do it Well, you can't disguise. if the actual yeah. lore is he comes in disguise and convinces them to make the rings. And teaches them how to do it. Yeah, something yeah. like so that. So we know that has to happen. My knowledge of this is not great, but that's what I understand. Mm-hmm. CGP yeah. Ray put a little mask on him and had him show up yeah. with the other ones and be like, I, I'm not an evil dude. Let's make some rings. <laughs> I, um, I can't imagine that this show will not have Sauron in it. I mean, it's already had a shot yeah. of him in the, the opening monologue in his same armor. From the mm-hmm. movies, so. Yeah, but back to Galadriel before yes. we totally leave her mm-hmm. plot. My three major complaints about the first episode were mm-hmm. I did not like Elrond. Mm-hmm. I did not like the way they were establishing their storylines. Uh-huh. And the entire scene of her on the ship rejecting Valinor mm-hmm. was so poorly done, in my opinion. Tell um, us why. They did not make heaven look enticing in any way. Like mm. even just the editing, the lighting, and the way it was filmed made it obviously bad. Don't go through the door. Stay away from the light, Galadriel. I'm now this imagining- This is a horror movie and you need to get out of it. <laughs> them doing it differently, like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when the doors open to Toontown and all the tunes come <laughs> dancing out. That's what that you wanted. It's like, woo, and then all the little tunes come out. No, and- I just wanted it to look like she was- Mm-hmm. making a sacrifice by leaving, mm. and they didn't do that. Okay. They made it look like, oh, no, they're about to get eaten by a, a sea monster, or, oh, no, this is actually a fake-out, and bad guys are going to come. That ah. didn't bother me at all because we're in her perspective. She doesn't want to be there. She's been forced into retirement mm-hmm. slash death. Yeah. It's framed that way because that's how she views it. And I thought it was filmed very beautifully, and I like... There's cinematography in this show. That's one of the things I want to... Cinematography in general is excellent. Like the shot where Sauron jumps into the water and saves Galadriel (laughs) and how it's framed with the lightning behind and him pulling himself down on the rope, just visually. Oh, yeah. Visually, it all looks good. Mm -hmm. That one scene did not work for me at all. That's all right. You have a point that from Galadriel's point of view, yes, it would seem ominous and spooky Mm -hmm. instead of awesome. Mm -hmm. I just did not enjoy it, but... Okay. I am willing to be convinced, but hers is the plot line that I'm least engaged by oh, so far. For sure. I think having what appears to be a, it's a guy on a ship, so it might be a Numenorian show mm-hmm. up might help. But yeah. of course, that could be Sauron. Yeah. Um, who knows? You know, who knows? Um, I will say this. I asked if it could be Isildur to my Tolkien friend. He's like, no, no, no. He's like a thousand years later. Yeah. So we haven't gotten to Isildur or Elendil mm-hmm. or any of those. Yeah. One thing that I really am appreciating about this show mm-hmm. and Galadriel is very representative of it. They are not sexualizing any of their characters. Yeah, it's really nicely done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Galadriel spends the entire episode two 
in a wet nightgown. I joked to my wife that I'm like, the superpower of elves is to walk on snow and to wear white in the ocean without it being compromising yeah. of one's modesty. And, you know, we never get gratuitous body shots of mm. her, of Nori, of mm. any of the other women. Of um, any of the men. Bronwyn. Mm -hmm. We do get cleavage, but yeah. it's the, the camera doesn't focus on it. Mm -hmm. Like, it is really refreshing and nice. Maybe only because I'm comparing it to Game of Thrones in my right. head. Mm -hmm. But given that they made everyone sign nudity mm -hmm. clauses in their yeah. contract, and now we get to the most chaste show on television, mm -hmm. it's really kind of nice. Yeah, because it's very fitting yeah. and appropriate. And, you know, the two Mormon guys talking about how glad we are that they didn't sexualize all the elves, like, obviously. Yeah. So I'm sure that there are other people out there who wish that they could see a little more of something. But I'm, 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 I'm always in the camp, though. I don't... How shall I say? I don't prefer it from a personal taste standpoint. I think there are appropriate places and inappropriate places. And yes. I think framing your soldier heroine who's on a quest to save the land and has, you know, spent her life fighting in any way, that would be undermining your character. Yeah. And so I I really appreciate that they didn't. I agree. I think it is good storytelling that they didn't, not just my personal taste. Yes. Now last Galadriel question. Mm -hmm. Where's Celeborn? Are they yeah. going to bring him in this season? Are they going to save him for a future season? I don't know. That he, I mean, he has the other ring, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. If, so he has I, to be in the yeah. in the in the show. Sometime. If I remember correctly, yeah, he has the third of yes. the Elven ring. Yeah. So, Mister, I stand in the background and look pretty from the movies. Presumably, yes. it, since they are not together now, yes. a big part of this show will be the two of them meeting and falling in love. Right. And, and then and Elrond really hope... marrying their daughter? No. Uh, yes. yes. Elrond does marry their daughter? Yes. Oh, okay. Elrond is a son-in-law. Yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, we have that to look forward to. Yeah. Hooray. That's not going to be weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move. You know, I, I will say this. We were talking about this with my uh, my brother-in-law, who's a much more of an expert on Tolkien stuff. Mm -hmm. than That's how I know, you know. Yeah. And we were talking about how weird it must be for elves being an immortal species. More so than us, because the whole age gap thing is mm -hmm. got to be like very different for them yeah. than it is for us. And how weird that must be. Just yeah. But mm -hmm. we've already rambled for 30 minutes. Let's talk about let's the talk about let's talk the about not Frodo and not Sam. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the gee, the uh the sort of heavy set one who distrusts strangers and is only along because of friendship and mm -hmm. the inquisitive kind of yeah. adventuresome one who is responsible for a burden that does not belong to them and takes it upon themselves for the good of all of Middle-earth. Yeah. My Tolkien-loving brother-in-law points out they should not exist by the lore. This early, I think that that is correct. And he also- that there were no yeah, hobbits. Kind of points out that he's actually okay with it, but he says people are going to be a little annoyed by this because this is the age that's supposed to focus on the elves and the, mm -hmm. the Numenorians, and we have a whole bunch of men and hobbits. And so it's like, oh, you're making Lord of the Rings again. I actually really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Because I know that, like, a lot of people are going to come to this show 
expecting certain things and it's not yeah. going to give it to them. Like you mentioned, I got on very quickly on the, this is a television show, not a movie train. Yeah. I wasn't sure when I started, if we were going to get an eight hour movie or a television show. And it's absolutely a television show starts mm -hmm. much more slowly in the movie. We don't have an inciting incident, really not for all the characters. Yeah. Like, and we are spending a lot of time establishing and things like this. So it pastes and feels like a television show. Totally okay with that. But I had to get on board with it. Yes. And that's what people are going to expect the movies and getting on board and saying, here is not Frodo doing basically the same stuff that Frodo did. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice onboard ramp for yes. people like my mother who really enjoyed the movies, but would never read the books. And mm -hmm. I think it's a really smart idea. Well, and if your only interaction with mm. Lord of the Rings is the movies, yes. you're going to show up wondering where the hobbits are. Yeah. They are the main characters mm -hmm. of all six movies, yep. of everything you've ever seen before. I think Nori is great. Yeah. She is a very fun character. She's a solidly built character. I love, they call them what, Harfoots? Harfoots. I yeah. love the idea of a Stone Age Harfoot culture. Yes. Like the fact that we've got the elves who are like in the Mithril Age, essentially. And then we have like the dwarves well into feeling like the medieval yeah. uh, Middle Ages. And then the men who feel really classical, sort of even pre-Rome, we're talking, you mm -hmm. know, early Iron Age. And then the hobbits in the Stone Age really gives yeah. me the sense that we're in a different era from before. And we have these sort of Romanesque, very technically advanced elves, and then everybody else. And well, that's and, really and cool. The, the introduction to the Harfoots, mm -hmm. where we see them popping up one by yeah. one, and they've hidden all their little houses, mm -hmm. and the idea that they are nomadic yep. is once again, I mean, that's, that's a part of them that's very accurate yep. mm -hmm. to the lore. Ironically, mm -hmm. a lot of people are really whining about black Harfoots okay. showing up. But mm -hmm. Tolkien himself in describing the Harfoots, yeah. said that they had much browner skin than other hobbits did. So if we're talking about the original intention of the uh -huh. author, Nori is the one who is- Out of place. Out of place. Interesting. All of the black and brown-skinned hobbits, the Harfoots, mm -hmm. they're exactly how Tolkien described them, you know, in the one sentence he used to describe them. Mm -hmm. But that's introduction of Lord of the Rings. That's right there from the author himself, so. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were quaint. I thought they were fun. I like the stranger as a mechanism, even expecting that it it probably needs to turn out the way we all anticipate it being, that it's one of the wizards, probably Gandalf, right? That's a way more interesting way to introduce Gandalf. Yeah. Right? Like, and even the fact that we're, we had a significant portion of this episode trying to guess <laughs> who he is, even though we're like 80% sure, the fact that we get to have a conversation about it mm -hmm. means that it was a good choice, I think. Yeah. It is a nice way of giving something that we don't already know mm -hmm. in a show that is steeped in lore that we already know. Yep. Speaking of... Mm -hmm. non-white characters. Yes, Tuvok. Arguably my favorite character is Tuvok. He is Puerto Rican. We is have a he? Puerto Rican elf. Nice. Yeah, I, the guy's What's name his I actual think name? is Ismael Cordova, but the that character's name right. is Aaron Deer. Yes. I love him. He He's... was my favorite part of episode one. Yeah. We've been presented with one view of elves and him just kind of being a different type of elf helps a ton with being like they're not a monolith mm -hmm. and uh, they're doing that very well with Galadriel too right like yeah. and Elrond they all feel different but him just kind of being this quiet sort of I inspect the world and I learn about it and I am quietly unnerved by things happening adds so much tension mm -hmm. to the story like 
this is the guy we want to listen to. I am on board with this guy. I liked him so much better than Galadriel because, like, rather than screaming about it, he's just quietly concerned. And for some reason, that just builds my tension way better. It's it's not an elf type that we've Mm -hmm. seen in Middle Earth before, Mm -hmm. of the one who's kind of quiet and who's socially awkward and doesn't know how to talk to people. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we have all of the super competent yeah, scout Legolas kind of stuff mm-hmm. combined with this very different personality that yeah. I am really enjoying. Yep, I am enjoying him a lot. You know, I will say that the two lovers from different cultures, this is like a fantasy trope that is so old, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's bad. I yeah. know people are complaining about it online. I noticed it too. I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing. But you know yeah. what? It's an easy way to build sympathy and empathy. And what I needed in that first episode was some empathy for some of the characters, particularly yeah. one who is so stoic and who represents kind of an oppressive culture, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Seeing that he's in love and that he doesn't know how to deal with it just makes him that much more compelling. Yeah. And... You know, it's a cliche in large part because Mm -hmm. of Tolkien, right? Like, that's what he did with Aragorn and Arwen. Yep. That's what he did with Elrond. I mean, that's where he came from. He's half elf. He's half. And so it's happened before. Is he half? Yeah. He comes from Baron and Luthien. Okay. I guess he's not half dwarf, so it would be half human, right? (laughs) That would be great if he (laughs) was half dwarf. But yeah, it's happened before. Mm -hmm. It'll happen again. I Mm -hmm. don't mind seeing it here because it is a core part of Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. in... Every age. In that second episode, mm-hmm. I did really enjoy all the horror stuff with him down in the tunnels, him yeah. getting snatched by the hands. Oh, that was so telegraphed, though. Oh, I'm I like, please it, don't do it. Oh, please don't it, do it. He's a soldier. <laughs> He's going to check his corners and put his back to a wall. He really would. Well, it might have been a wall when he put his back to it, but we're talking about burrowing creatures. Okay. And then the orc that comes out of the hole and Bronwyn and her kid have to kill it. That was all done really well. The visual on that was great. I like the looks of their orcs. I really like the transition to the head on the table. Yes. All I would say is you don't leave it first light. You (laughs) leave right now. Right now. Yeah. Because they are active at night and they would know that. Following, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. Well, and even, mm-hmm. you know, after she dropped off the head, she yeah. went back to her house yeah. to collect some stuff. Yeah. No, you never go back to that place. Yeah. You grab the stuff when you grab the head and you burn it down behind you. Yes. Oh. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually, and this is definitely a minority opinion on, mm-hmm. on the internet. I kind of like the way that they are presenting the elves as slightly oppressive towards the humans. That's not book accurate. Mm-hmm. There is not actually any sign in Tolkien's histories that the elves distrusted the humans and mm-hmm. refused to deal with them. It makes perfect sense to me that they yeah. would. This is something like giving Aragorn more of a character arc mm-hmm. in the books that yeah. totally makes sense, totally works. And we don't see elves whipping humans, right? Yeah. We go into elves being like, you blink and they're dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know... The most racist mm-hmm. we get mm-hmm. is the guy in the first episode who yeah. says, hey, guess what? The war's over. We finally get to go home. Yeah. These stupid humans are losers, and I don't want to spend any more time with them. And that's as far as it goes. But it feels so authentic. It does. I bet every Roman posted anywhere around the world mm-hmm. that got to go home had the exact same opinion. Yeah. My fear, mm-hmm. my first thought Mm -hmm. You know, in the middle of that conversation was, oh, no, this is Enterprise again, 
because uh-huh. one of the things they did in Enterprise was they showed how in early days of human space travel, mm-hmm. the Vulcans were the space elves that came in and were smarter and better and more accomplished and didn't trust them and didn't let them do anything. Right. And Enterprise did not handle it well, in my opinion. Mm. It was often frustrating and obnoxious and it made the characters unlikable and et right. cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't look like they're going to handle it the same way here. Right. And it would be okay if, you know, Gladriel's like that and then travels among them and changes like the plot line yeah. you're assuming that she will have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would go there with you, but I I didn't have a concern for that because yeah. I haven't watched Enterprise. Well, and there's nothing in this show that suggests that that's how they're going to do yeah. it. Aaron Deere is already more sympathetic yes. towards humans. I do kind of foresee that maybe Galadriel will represent that one kind of more hardline policy yeah. and will end up dealing with Arendir directly if she mm-hmm. shows up in the South, which is where Hallbrand is from. Yes. Then we're going to get the two opinions and she'll get one over and then and we'll- And then he turns out to be Sauron and it's so great <laughs> because she's learned to trust him. And they, okay. She, he kicks her in the teeth. But if they want to do that, they need a better red herring than mm-hmm. the stranger. What do you think they're going to do with Bronwyn's son, whose name I can't remember? Yeah, yeah, who, uh, who has found uh, creepy what do they Sauron call it? artifact. A Morgul blade. Is that what Aragorn called them? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And that grows when you prick yeah. Ringwraith, right? That's what they're indicating. Oh, look, that we're going to give he's some. He's going to turn into we're a, give a some, Nazgul. Some rings to the kings of men. Yeah. Uh, here's this guy who might, you know, but I don't know. See, they're just starting him so young. Yeah, but, but here's it, here's the big question. Okay. Right? I don't know what they're going to do between seasons. Maybe they've said, and I don't know, but you could realistically jump mm-hmm. 30 years or 100 years yeah. between each season because a large amount of your main cast will not age. Yeah. Well, and that's what we talked about in our other mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I can absolutely see this yeah. season being Aaron Deer and Bronwyn fall yes. in love, blah, mm-hmm. blah. They deal with the creepy kid who has a, yep. an evil sword. Mm-hmm. Season two is maybe 30 years in the future. Right. They recast Bronwyn as an old woman. Mm-hmm. Aaron Deer's still the same actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Age up the kid so yep. that he can become an evil king. Yep. And then, you know, you can do this whole... Galadriel falls in love. Hey, here's their daughter. But I don't know how, how old, how fast do elves age? I, I don't assume know. pretty I slow. Know. It's I don't know. But you could do you could do a romance with Elrond. You could. Mm-hmm. I would want that to be maybe season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, but yeah. later seasons and See, things like now, that. Now, if they do this, mm-hmm. the thing that has me really excited is you can show the flip side of that Elrond Durin relationship yeah. mm-hmm. because from Bronwyn's point of view, yeah. She is aging. She is maturing at mm-hmm. a different rate than Arendir presumably right. is. Mm-hmm. She will grow past him. Yep. And he will still be the same dude with the same mm-hmm. attitudes and the same kind of maturity level. And she will eventually be like, nope, you're a little kid, buddy. Yeah. And that could be such an interesting thing to deal with. It could. How's that, How's Ben? How's that, Ben? Well, I'm convinced. Oh.